Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With the momentum of their first win of the year carrying them, our beloved travel up to Green Bay for our first date of the year with the Packers with the whole world watching on Thursday Night Football. Can we keep the momentum going or will it run out of steam? Evan Western from Acme Packing Company joins us on the week four preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. A short week of preparation for our beloved means a quick turnaround and short week for preparation for me as well and for you as listeners of the show as we're banging them out. You know, this is our, what, third show in the last four days. This is insane. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the week four preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And as always, our good friend, Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company will be joining us here in a few minutes to preview this game between the Bears and the Packers. And uh, I know I've said this before, but I just want to say it again. Um, When it comes to our most bitter rivals, Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota, it just so happens to be that those are the guys, um, you know, um, Evan Western, of course, and um, Jeremy Reisman and Chris Gates, who we'll get to talk to next week. When we play the, when we get ready for the Vikings, but uh, you know, these are the guys that I enjoy talking to the most, even though they're the ones that we're supposed to dislike more than the rest of them. So, go figure. But uh, we had Evan on the show, and I uh, spoke to him last night on Monday. Um, you know, just uh, going over all, all of our, all of the boo boos our teams have, and um, one interesting thing that I saw when looking at our injury report is not so much who's on it, but who isn't. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But, um, you know, it was it was really interesting talk that we had with Evan. I think the thing you guys will enjoy the most is that um, Evan had only heard but had not seen the field goal block and the ensuing chaos with uh, Marcus Cooper running down the field. So you get to hear him. um, So you get to hear me hear him see it live and reacting to it and uh it brought back some some nasty memories even though they weren't that old to begin with but uh you know nonetheless that'll be fun uh you guys will enjoy that but um you know it's it's um it's gonna be an interesting week you know um the back the packers are a banged up team uh same as the bears um I do think that the one thing going for Green Bay is that the injuries that they have don't appear to be, you know, catastrophic the way that they've been, you know, afflicting the Bears. Um, You know, if you just want to jump right into the injury report, we've got good news and bad news 
on the injury front. The good news, I don't think I shared this on the review ep- or the preview episode uh, last week or even in the review episode after the, the Steeler game was uh, Nick Kwiatkowski is not going to be on injured reserve. Um, he, he's more of, uh, you know, I guess I don't want to say day to day, but more of he's out indefinitely, but it's not going to cost him the season. It's not as uh, severe as Jarrell Freeman. I think I may have mentioned that before. I'm not sure, but that's the good news. Um, the other like good news part two is when looking at the injury report, like I said, it's more interesting about who's not on it than who is. And one name, first of all, there are only five names on the injury report. And if you want to be technical about it, we're down to four. Uh, Tom Compton, Quentin Demps, Hironis Grasso, Nick Kwiatkowski, who we just talked about, and Josh Sitton. Now, Dan Compton um, was uh, hampered by a, a hip injury. He had to leave the Tampa Bay game uh, because of it. Uh, but he was full participation on Monday off the injury list today. So we're actually down to four players, Demps, Grasso, Kwiatkowski, and Sitton. And the bad news is Quentin Demps, uh, he did leave the game early uh, on Sunday, and he is out indefinitely with a broken forearm. So um, it's not uh, known at this point whether it's going to be an injured reserve situation uh, for Quentin Demps. I hope the hell it's not. Um, you know, it's not that he's been a, a fire plug for us, but that, that safety or that, excuse me, that veteran presence that, that, that Quentin Demps brings to the safety position, something that we've been missing terribly for quite some time, you know, but, uh, he is 32 years old and you know, that kind of thing happens when you get into your thirties, you, you tend to, to get hurt a bit easier. So, Hopefully he won't be out long. Uh, hopefully the Bears won't subject him to injured reserve and he'll be back soon. Looks like Adrian Amos will be stepping in for Demps. And so we've got some uh, back to the, you know, the young guys with uh, with uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, the rookie starting at uh, one position and uh, now Adrian Amos getting a chance to uh, play um, in, in, uh, in Quentin Demps' stead. Uh, Kwiatkowski and Demps were the only ones that haven't practiced, and why would they? And the other two names, Heronis Grasso and Josh Sitton, were both limited yesterday and today. So I thought about waiting to do the show tomorrow to see, um, you know, what the injury report looked like. And, you know, I figured that I would just go ahead and do it tonight. Number one, when I saw there were only five names on the list, and the big glaring name that isn't on the list would be Jordan Howard. Um, you know, you guys saw him that second to last play of the game, that really nice run that he had that got the bears into the red zone right before he ran it in, you know, the contact that he made with the defender, he turned his, he turned his whole body inward and gave the, the defender his good shoulder so as to not re aggravate the, uh, the bad shoulder that, uh, was, uh, hampering him. He left the game a couple of times with that shoulder injury. On a short week, the way that he was playing on Sunday, and what I, what I mean by that is how he was clearly favoring the shoulder, the fact that he's not on the injury report is very interesting. I'm um, not saying that the Bears are playing foul or anything like that, but you guys saw him on Sunday. That was, you know, a little over 48 hours ago. You know, here it is. It's 9 o'clock at night here on Tuesday. The game ended a little after 3 o'clock on Sunday. So 48, 54 hours since that, you mean to tell me he's made a full recovery that he's not even, 
you know, limited or not, you know, not even on the list as a full participant or anything like that. If you're not on the list, you're healthy. You're 100% or as close as you can be in the NFL. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's missing from the list is uh, is pretty interesting. So I, 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 I hope that bodes well, because when you when you hear the talk between uh, Evan and I, you hear me mention uh, maybe more than once about how Howard may not be going, you know, if Howard plays, you know, that kind of thing. It's like I didn't after the way that he was, uh, you know, favoring things and, and, and whatnot. Uh, I didn't know how how much we could um, rely on Howard being, you know, good enough to go on Thursday. So, I mean, that's that's why uh, I decided to go ahead and do it tonight because Howard's not on the list. I was going to wait till tomorrow to see what uh, what his status was going to be uh, for the game. You know, unless he magically appears on this list sometime tomorrow, uh, Jordan Howard is going to be good to go and, and playing on Sunday. So, I mean, maybe they give him a, a cortisone shot or, or something like that. And they, uh, you know, got him the legal stuff that, that he can use uh, to be able to uh, to play at 100 percent on, on on Thursday. So uh, looks like we're going to see Jordan Howard. So that's a big sigh of relief uh, for me. And I'm sure for you as Bear fans that uh, that that uh, our top running back. Um, coming off the biggest game, the best game that he's had all season is uh, going to be raring to go against Green Bay on Thursday night. So it also means that it's not going to all fall on Tariq Cohen on Thursday night, which was kind of the, you know, the worry that we had because you saw what happened uh, two weeks ago against the uh, Buccaneers when when Howard left the game early with the shoulder injury and, and Cohen was left to shoulder the load and all the defense had to do was stop him and that was it. You know, so we we saw how limited. Number one, our offense is limited to begin with, and number two, if you take Jordan Howard out and it's the Tariq Cohen show, God bless him, he'll still do what he can. But um, when all eleven <laughs> defenders are keyed in on one guy, it's going to make for a long, long afternoon. So it's uh, good to hear that Howard will be out there. I mean, even if they use him as a decoy, that will definitely be helpful uh, in some aspects. So. Um, so that's why I hadn't, you know, like, well, to hell with it. If I was not on the list, there's nothing to wait for. So let's just go ahead and bang this thing out. So um, the only other thing I want to talk about is um, I am. I don't want to say I'm eating my words, but uh, I'm definitely falling off of the um, it's not time bandwagon. Um, cause I don't know how much longer I can watch Mike Glennon not perform, uh, in, in, in the games. I don't just don't know, you know, I'm, I'm turning, you know, I'm, I'm turning to the dark side on this one. I just, uh, you know, as, as it, with, with the offensive line getting better and Jordan Howard running the football, it makes it easier for me to, to say that, that I'd be okay with it. You know, not that anyone needs my permission or anything, but you know, that's what was really was holding me back. And then the whole. You know, we want to put him in the best position to succeed, and I'll stick with that. And, you know, there it's just it's it's hard not to, you know, it's hard not to say uh, you know, what if and uh put the kid out there or or what have you. So, you know, I, I wonder if um you know, and it, it's the other thing is it's apparently I don't know if, if Fox and Loggins are just towing the company line or if they're just trying to keep Glennon mentally strong or whatever, but they're out there singing his praises 
Logan's beating the biggest drum for this guy. Um, you know, he did every he did what we needed him to do to win. He did? I thought he threw a pick in the fourth quarter that led to the game tying field goal. I, I thought I saw him do that. Um, you know, that's I, I thought I saw him do that. And uh for him, you know, fifteen of twenty two for hundred and one yards, that's not good enough to win. You know, you can't count on the quarterback throwing for 100 and the team rushing for two to win the game. I mean, it was as great as Cohen and uh, Howard were on Sunday. We can't depend on them to do that every single week because this is the NFL. They will figure that. They will figure out a way to stop that if that's all we're going to do. So, um, you know, we need to figure it out with the passing game. And I did look into it and, uh, you know, I've, I've been, you know, like reading up on, on Twitter feeds, reading as many articles as I get my hands on. And the whole, is it Glennon's fault or the receiver's fault? He, the very convenient answer. And by a convenient, I mean that with full sarcasm, the answer is both. Um, (laughs) you know, based on the people that have access to the, to the all 22 where they can see the whole field uh, on film. It's, you know, the receivers aren't getting open and Glennon is missing him when they are. So there you go. So that's, that's, that's what I have learned from those who have been able to actually put eyes on the all 22 and go back and look uh, at the tape. The one main one that I was looking at was, was Adam Johns who works for the Tribune. Sometimes Chicago, one of the Chicago newspapers, one of the big two. And, um, but that, those were, were his words that, uh, you know, the, the receivers either aren't getting open or Glennon is missing them when they are kind of thing. And that's why, you know, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are leading receivers on the team right now. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to figure out a way to, to mix it up somehow, you know, to, to get, you know, if we're going to stick with the underneath stuff, then we got to get the tight ends involved. You know, we absolutely have to, um, you know, we're going to stick with the underneath stuff. Then, then, you know, you can throw a five yard hitch to, to Sims or, or Miller or, you know, Shaheen or or something like that. We got to get those guys involved. If the receivers aren't getting open, then, you know, that's what the tight ends are for and, and so on. So I'm, uh, I wonder if, uh, if Glennon will be on any kind of leash on Thursday, if he doesn't come out and perform well, you know, I, I wonder. So that, 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 that thing's got to kind of got to be creeping up because, um, these performances can't stand. I mean, we've, if we win on Thursday, we've weathered the hardest part of our schedule by going two and two. That is, that is outstanding. You know, if, uh, if the bears can win on Thursday and it's a complete possibility you know, the, like I said, the Packers are banged up. The Bears seem to win more often in Lambeau than they do in Soldier Field when it comes to Green Bay. And, you know, even though Green Bay won on Sunday, they've got some momentum coming into this game as well. It's just, you know, again, I got a funny feeling about this one. You know, where I was saying before we got trounced in Tampa Bay, how I had a funny feeling about the Steeler game going into it. It's like something about week three, man. I just don't know. Something about this game as well. You know, I, I think for some reason I get this feeling like we might be catching Green Bay with their pants down or something on this one. I I don't know. I, I'm gotten a funny feeling about it, and, and I'm hoping that I'm right like I was about the Pittsburgh game. So, um, anyway, I don't think I have anything else for you guys because, you know, like I said, uh, 
we just got done playing the game two and a half days ago and really hadn't even been that long yet. And here we are, you know, less than 36 hours away from, uh, less than 48 hours from the, from the next one being played. So we'll, uh, yeah. So there's not a lot going on. No big news quotes other than, you know, the bears or when I say the bears, I mean, Fox and, and logins coming out and, and, you know, praising what Mike Glennon is doing. And basically they're sticking to, you know, because we won, then therefore Glennon is playing well enough to win. And, um, it's like, okay, like, like Jeff Dickerson, I was reading his article just before I started. Uh, it said technically they're correct, but you know, it, uh, you're asking for uh, a lot of, uh, leeway on that, on that thought that, uh, you know, because the bears win, because the bears won, therefore Glennon is playing well enough to win. It's kind of, uh, stretching the truth a little bit. So like I said, I'm, uh, I'm slowly, but surely coming along. So those of that, uh, you know, have been, uh, on the Trubisky now train, uh, from the beginning, uh, I might be hopping on again soon, uh, or not again, but I may be hopping on soon. Cause, uh, I don't know how much longer I can watch. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if, if Glennon comes and craps the bed on Thursday night against green Bay, and he's the reason that we lose, or, you know, the reason that we don't succeed or play well or whatever, then, uh, I'll be the one, you know, I'll be the one saying that, uh, Trubisky should start on Monday night against the Vikings just because, you know, how much longer are we going to sit there and watch that? So, um, I'm getting close to just full blown coming out and saying it. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to get benched after winning a game, even though he didn't technically win it. But, um, you know, we'll see how things change if things don't go well on Thursday. Not that any of us want that, but, you know, in the event that it does, how stubborn are Fox and Loggins going to be? That's the real question. So anyway, on the lighter side of things, let's go ahead and bring in, uh, our good friend Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company to help preview this game on Thursday night football between our beloved Chicago Bears and the hated Green Bay Packers. Our beloved Chicago Bears are on a quick turnaround this week, banged up though they might be. And of course, that that means Thursday night football. And if it's Thursday night football, then of course it means we're playing the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And to help us preview this game between our two banged up rosters, Evan Western from Acme Packing Company and SB Nation. Evan, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to another another crazy Thursday Game, it's it's funny. I, I just thought about that. That's three years in a row now that that we've played you guys at Lambo on Thursdays. Yeah, and I think we talked about it over the summer, where it's like it's been, I think, nine years in a row that we played on national TV, and I think like all yeah. but all but one of those games has been in Lambo. So right. I think the the exception to the rule was like a Monday nighter in 2010 or something like that was the was the lone exception. So it's been a, it's been a while since national TV between the Bears and the Packers meant Soldier Field. So. I don't know. It's the atmosphere. I can dig it. So, <laughs> but um, you know, you guys are two and one. Uh, you escaped a, a a big deficit yesterday against the uh, 
Bengals. Uh, the Bears, on the other hand, survived their own mistakes to win the Pittsburgh Steeler game yesterday as an upset um, uh, in many people's eyes to win that one in, in overtime. And uh, those two crazy battles in overtime games got these two banged-up rosters going head-to-head, you know, 96 hours later. Uh, on national television uh, for our enjoyment, uh, Evan. So uh, we have that to look forward to uh, this coming Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. And j- just taking a spin through the Packers injury report, you've got 11 players showing up on there, eight of which are normal starters, um, and then one of which is Kyle Murphy, who has started at tackle the last three games in place of either uh, Brian Balaga or uh, or David Bakhtiari. So he showed up there as a, as a did-not-participate-today, too. So... Mm. Uh, it's, it's gotten so bad that today the Packers went and signed a guy off the Cardinals practice squad, uh, to, to come in and and help bolster the tackle situation. So it's, it's scary out there right now. And this is going to be another one of those where, um, if Mike McCarthy knows what's good for him, he's going to design plays to get Aaron Rodgers rolling around in the pocket and get the ball out of his hands quickly because he may not have a whole lot of time. Well, I mean, I, I watched the, the first half of that Bengals game yesterday and I think I saw him. I mean, he got hit way more than he got sacked, but he got sacked at least four or five times mm-hmm. in the first half yesterday. I mean, and just like snap of the ball, boom, Dunbar's on his back or somebody's on his back, and there they're bringing him down. I mean, it was like no time at all, and those pass rushers were right there on top of him. Yeah, Murphy really had a, a rough game. Um, he had no answer for Carl Lawson, the, the rookie out of Auburn, Lawson, who yeah. I, I still, yeah, I still struggle to to figure out how he fell into the fourth round of the draft. It, it had to have been injury uh, concerns because he had a really productive career at Auburn, um, and and he had all the measurables that you look for in, a, in an edge rusher. So I think they got a steal with him in the third round, and he certainly uh, played a fantastic game yesterday um, against Kyle Murphy. So. Mo- Moving forward, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, David Bakhtiari can get back out there on the left side, and uh, we'll see what happens at the right tackle spot. So what happened in the second half? I mean, it was 21-7 to going into halftime. What changed in the second half that the, the Packers were able to get the ball uh, rolling, literally, into the end zone so they could uh, tie things up and send it to overtime? Yeah, I think one of the things that they started doing was they, they started giving Murphy a little bit of help. Okay. Um, with with Montgomery, with Martellus Bennett, um, they, they started, you know, using a, a little bit more max protect uh, uh, pass uh, pass protections. So you know, keeping extra blockers in, and that allowed uh, Rogers to have at least a little bit more time. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, the defense really buckled down after probably the first two or three drives that that Cincinnati had i mean realistically you take the pick six out because that's that's obviously on rogers they only gave up what was that uh, 17 points and um you know that those two touchdowns basically all came on the first three or four drives yeah. of the game um you know when when the offense is scripted and and really with a, a new offensive coordinator for cincinnati uh you didn't really know where where he was going to go he didn't have a whole lot of scouting on him so sure didn't surprise me that they had that they had success early against the Packers defense, but uh, I think they did a really good job of adjusting, um, moving around a little bit of personnel, and uh, and they found a way to to shut down the the Bengals offense in the second half. So how's the running game uh, going uh, so far? <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I don't mean that in a joking way, but I hear your laugh. No, I know. But uh, you know, because I was wondering, you know, everyone was was all excited and geared up that Ty Montgomery a full off season as a running back and. Uh, you guys drafted a like what two or three running backs in the draft this year to kind of add some depth or get that you know multi-headed monster 
going back there and how's it going three games in the, the glib answer is what running game because <laughs> um, I mean so far Montgomery's got geez I, I think he's got less than you know 40 yards per game on the ground right now hmm. um, oh, I take that back he's got 42 or 43 yards per game on the ground hmm. um, he, he's averaging only geez three yards per carry it looks like um he's had more success as a receiver out of the backfield but even even that um against against the bengals he had eight catches for 15 yards oh wow uh, receiving so yeah it was it was a brutal day he had nowhere to run um rogers is basically throwing the ball you know 40 to 45 times a game right now they're using those short passes essentially as their their running game um montgomery has played basically 90 to 95 percent of the snaps in each of the first three games and that's not sustainable i'm not sure exactly what it is that the packers are trying to do with that um i I really think they need to start getting jamal williams the 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 fourth round rookie involved in the offense more because the book on him coming out of camp was that he was a really good pass protector and that's been one of the knocks on montgomery so when you're passing the ball so much why would you not put in there the guy who's a little bit better to better suited to protect your quarterback, especially when you've got an offensive line that is struggling? Right. Um, that's the biggest thing I don't understand. I, I get that Montgomery sets up matchup problems for the defense, but you've got enough receiving weapons with with Jordy, with Devontae Adams, with Geronimo Allison, with Martellus Bennett. You've got the guys that can create some of those matchup problems at receiver, um, and I think you really need to start um, working those rookies in a little bit more, um, given Aaron. Aaron Rupkowski a few snaps, um, you know, as a as a pass protector as well, um, and, and you know who knows maybe one of these guys um, you know gives you a little bit of spark in the running game too, something that Montgomery hasn't hasn't had yet, and some of that goes on the offensive line as well. So w- with all the bodies shuffling in and out, they, they, that certainly is a factor too. So is that what's kind of keeping the offense from establishing a decent rhythm? Is the the holes in the offensive line due to injury or the lack of a running game right now? Yeah, I think that's a big a big factor. Um, anytime the the Packers try to run the ball more than once or twice a series um, in the first half, it seems like they're they're just moving nowhere, and and it really seems to bog the offense down. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy is has long been a proponent of establishing the run, but at this point, um, I, I think you really need to continue to focus on on quick passes, getting the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, let him read the defense and do what he does best. Uh, it, it's just not not effective at this point. Um, and and yeah, the 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 changes at tackle especially have really um, forced the the Packers into some unfavorable situations. So is this the first kink in the scouting armor of of Ted Thompson and the Green Bay Packers that they weren't able to find one of those late round gems to plug in and be your new running back when Ty Montgomery wasn't working? Am I just being? Am I looking at it as a a half glass full or glass half full <laughs> kind of bear fan? mode here or you know or is this just is this just early in the season and you know we'll probably have to wait and see on it no i i think it's the latter i, okay. I don't think you, you <laughs> certainly can't make any judgments to to this point on any of the rookies just because they haven't played at all right um every, every one of them had a little bit of a flash of something different in the preseason and honestly what i really i really liked and i think we talked about this over the summer i really liked the approach that they took with the guys the the running backs that they drafted you almost have a little bit of a um, a New England Patriots approach to it where you have guys who do very different things and if you actually game 
plan for that um and you can set up some some pretty good matchups um and, and then kind of ride the hot hand with with the guy whose style matches up best against the opposing defense packers haven't done that so far okay and and that's something that i'd like to see more of um you know maybe use jamal williams a little a little bit more um you know as a, as a pounding running back between the tackles um bring aaron jones on a little bit as as a receiving back and kind of a um, a third down kind of a guy. So, so we'll see where that goes, but I mean, but bottom line to, to me, the struggles in the first half have boiled down to a couple things. One is, is a little bit of play calling issues. I'm still, you know, it, at this point, I'm not crazy about how Mike McCarthy has opened up the offense in the first half of these games. And then two is just fundamentally the injuries to the offensive line. Um, when you're down to your third, fourth, now, if if Murphy ends up being you know being out and the starters can't play, we're talking fifth and sixth options at tackle yeah. um, are, are are the guys up at this point. So um, once you're down to that, no no amount of scouting, no amount of personnel can you know no team is set up to succeed very well if they lose their top four offensive tackles for any length of time. True, true. I mean your your tackle problem is our wide receiver problem. Yeah. So I mean yeah. we. We, I mean, Cameron Meredith is is you know turning out to be a legit wide receiver. Uh, Kevin White, uh, God bless him. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like Meredith was going to be our number one guy, and Kevin Kevin White was supposed to be number two. Meredith goes down in the dress rehearsal game. Kevin White is down week one. Uh, you know, right before the fourth quarter. I don't even know if you made it to the fourth quarter. To be honest with you. Um, and then we're back to the guys that we were just barely getting by with last season, Deontay Thompson, Josh, like these guys are supposed to be our special teamers and right. fill in from time to time, not our everyday starters. And this past Sunday, we got Marcus Wheaton back finally, and his return resulted in two targets and two drops. Um, <laughs> you know, that's oh. it. So, I mean, you're talking about like the stat line you gave me, Ty Montgomery, eight catches, 15 yards, you know, it's like well, you're, you're you sound like that's that's what uh, Tariq Cohen and and uh, Jordan Howard are doing out of the backfield. Eight catches for thirty yards, uh, and five catches yeah. for nineteen yards, or you know something something like that. Because uh, you know, I, I would love to watch the all twenty two film and see whose fault it actually is. Is it the receiver's yeah. inability to get open, or is it Glennon's inability to find them? You know, because he seems more eager to hit somebody short than he does to look downfield and try to push it down there. Having Wheaton back was supposed to open up the offense because it finally gave us a, a deep threat or a, a speedy guy that would, you know, push the offense. And, you know, he dropped two balls and that's all we saw of him all day. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how the Packers choose to attack Glennon in this game in particular. Um, I'm I'm curious to see. You know, just the sort of alignments that they use, and and maybe we can get into that in a little bit. But it, it it'll be it'll be very interesting. They've gone very safety heavy. Um, basically, they're they're using a, a modified dime defense as their base at this point. Hmm. And against a team like Chicago, that loves to run the ball. I mean, you got a big, powerful guy with with Howard, um, and then obviously Cohen out of the backfield, who's um, it, it exceeded probably anybody's expectations to this point for Including the most part. My own. Yeah, um, I mean, I liked him coming out of college. I, I thought he he looked great running at the combine, but uh, I thought it would take him at least you know half a year, you know, maybe till his second season to really adjust to the to the NFL. So he looks great. Um, I'm I'm kicking myself for not keeping him around in my fantasy leagues, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, the the, the defensive alignment is going to be real interesting. Um, you, you're seeing them dropping one of their strong safeties, either Morgan Burnett or Josh Jones 
as a rookie down as a inside linebacker, and they're basically using that as their base with with a otherwise a nickel alignment. So you've essentially got three or four safeties on the field and two corners um, and a two man defensive line. Um, and so far, it's it's been working reasonably well against the run. So so we'll huh. see if that's the way they they decide to keep going, or if they end up uh, using a little bit more of a conventional three four look against Chicago, uh, just because they like the running game so much. So what's the mindset behind that? Is that the the speed to get there in numbers to make tackles, or are these guys really good tacklers? So there's there's a couple different thought process I I think that are in play here. The first is that Jones is Jones in particular he's the guy I think they need to be putting in the box he's sort of this this new school money backer kind of guy he's very much along the lines of like a Deion Buchanan in Arizona so 6'1 he's about 220 and he runs a 4'4 flat so great great speed good size very good tackler Um, the game is it looks like it's starting to slow down for him he had a fantastic game yesterday um, in run support and you know being all around the box he had two blitzes and two sacks on Andy Dalton um, so so he, he looks like the real deal and I think that's the the idea there is you get faster at that inside linebacker spot and you you get better matchups with running backs and tight ends who can really stretch the field I think that's the big thing and and Dom Capers has made no bones about it the biggest thing he worries about as far as a single stat, um, that, that he's trying to limit is opponent's passer rating. And I did a little breakdown of this, and, and I found that other than yards allowed, opponent's passer rating seems to be the stat that most closely correlates to points allowed. Hmm. So he, he at least is, is onto something there, and um, he's, he's basically going to let, in, in most cases, um, he's going to let other teams you know, take, what, take what they can on the, on the ground, knowing that he's, he's going to try to avoid letting the court quarterback beat him through the air and so far you know a couple times this year it's worked and against atlanta it crashed and burned right right well we'll see how that we'll see how that works because um in the in our in the lone overtime drive against the steelers yesterday mike glennon did not attempt to pass we ran our way into the end zone Mm -hmm. uh yesterday so um it's going to be pretty difficult to let the quarterback take what you're giving him if the quarterback is not allowed to throw the ball (laughs) so um you know i i have been pounding the drum as far as everyone just relax about the whole you know hashtag trubisky now thing um but Mm -hmm. uh just because we you know our receiving core is in shambles uh, until yesterday, or I mean, well, I mean, Sitton still didn't play yesterday with the rib injury, but Kyle Long was back, and the offensive line, you know, plowed this, their way for over 200 yards against the Steelers, which is no, you know, no easy task. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just that I just didn't think that he'd be in the best spot, Trubisky. I mean, to succeed. So why would you put him in that spot? But after watching Glennon play for the last three weeks, it's like I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. You know, <laughs> it was like before we're just like to, to hell with the money. Put the kid out there. He can't do any worse, you know. Yeah, I think for for me, it would be the offensive line more than anything. Yeah, is, yeah. is I'd be I'd be afraid that um, you know with with turnstiles out there with backups, you know, all across the line, that he's going to end up getting David Card and and just get yeah. sacked all the hell and get broken <laughs> almost instantly. Yeah, yeah, seventy six sacks each of like the first two seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that kid's probably still having night terrors about that kind of thing. So. <laughs> But, yeah, so, I mean, it's like, you know, with with everything he did in in the preseason, he's obviously more athletic. The thing that you guys should probably focus on, go on defense, is pressure on on defense. Mm -hmm. Because Mike Glennon, um, you know, 
seems to absolutely panic under pressure. Like he freezes yeah. up, like, you know, like he's, he's, you know, he just seems like that, 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 that one little kid you didn't want to hang out with. Cause he's always whining about, eh, that's, he, <laughs> he always, that's what he seems like when the door, when, when the space starts to get smaller, it's like his pocket presence. He doesn't know like to, to stand, to step up or run or get rid of the ball. He just, it just seems like he just automatically doesn't know what to do. And it just goes into shutdown mode. The next thing you know, he's been. He's been sacked. I mean, Tampa Bay was really good at that, and they're the ones that did it. Um, you know, the the Falcons sacked him four times, but it was one of those where they had pressure when they sacked him kind of thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. that he was constantly being hit uh, in that game. And yesterday, he, he stayed relatively clean uh, yesterday, but when the, when the Steelers were there, you saw him tense up and, you know, kind of wait to get hit kind of thing as opposed to trying to flee and and make something happen so that's what i would you know if you got a if you got a, a dedicated line to dom capers that's what i'd send to, you know spread <laughs> along to him is to to get after to get after glennon you know and uh you, you'll probably uh make something happen there on defense gotcha yeah that'll be interesting to see if um a couple of the packers better pass rushers are able to play then um i mean mike daniels is the big guy on the inside um he he had he had probably his best game of his life against Seattle in week one. Uh, I think he had like five or six pressures on, on Russell Wilson and like a one and a half sacks, something like that. Cool. So uh, Daniel's getting the push on the inside is, is going to be big. Uh, Kenny Clark, the second year guy out of UCLA, he's come along nicely in, in his second year. So regardless of whether Daniels will be out there, Clark will be a, a guy to watch on the inside. Um, and then we'll see if Nick Perry is back. He sounded like he broke a finger uh, against Atlanta. So hopefully he'll be able to be back there with a club on and uh, we'll be out there uh, opposite Clay Matthews. But, I mean, Dom Capers certainly likes to dial up uh, creative blitz packages. Yeah. And I, I got I got to think that this week, um, you know, knowing the receivers that he's he's facing up against, um, you're going to see a lot of, of interesting blitzes from from Capers, especially if, if they get into uh, get the Bears into obvious passing downs. I think the key is going to be finding a way to stop the run on first and second down, and like you said, um, you know, being able to bring the blitz on third down and and get see if he can get Glennon rattled. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty sound plan to me. But I mean, stopping the run, I'm pretty sure that's what the Steelers were trying to do yesterday. Yep. And I mean, did, I mean, you see the way that they were flying all over the field. Uh, yesterday, and I and I mentioned it um, when I did my review show last night, was that, you know, I'd, I I want to say, I want to give credit to Fox and company because it just seemed like they knew that that was going to be coming. Like, they knew that the Steelers were going to be super aggressive in shooting the gaps, and, you know, if they could weather that initial storm, these guys would overrun the play, and we'll just take that hole that they just left us and run mm-hmm. up the field. Because, that I mean, that's what it looked like happened, A, on that run on the, for Cohen, that got called back um, that we thought ended overtime. And then the one that won the game, that's what Jordan mm-hmm. Howard did. He ran into a huge hole where somebody was standing and shot the gap. So, um, you know, I mean, that's that's what the Steelers looked like they were trying to do. And for the first time in a while, it looked like the Bears were ready for it. So they made the Steelers pay for it yesterday. Yeah, it'll be that, that'll definitely be interesting because the couple of times when Cincinnati did have success on the ground against Green Bay yesterday, it was on cutbacks. So they got the they got the entire defensive front flowing one way, and then and then they found a good cutback hole. Whether it was Joe Mixon or Giovanni Bernard, each of them did it a couple times. 
um, and, and picked up nice gains. Outside of that, um, you know, those those maybe three or four plays, uh, the Packers really kept them bottled up well. But um, yeah, there's there's opportunities there if if you can get the the Packers to over pursue a little bit to um, to start start flowing one way and then cut it back. I think that's the that, that's definitely going to be a key for Chicago. Yeah, Jordan Howard is really good at that, but Tariq Cohen is a beast at cutting back. I mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean he. I mean we talked about you know how he was supposed to be, or the rumor was that you know Trubisky is that's paces Drew Brees. Adam Shaheen is supposed to be somewhat of his Jimmy Graham, and <laughs> Tariq Cohen was his. Uh, Darren Sproles, and he has been all of that in those first three games. Uh, maybe not so much in that Tampa Bay game, but then again, nobody was anything in the second game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what the hell happened down there in Tampa. It was the humidity that started killing everyone, or whatever uh, <laughs> went down there. It just, it just from from the from the word go, it was just no good uh, down there. But uh, Cohen is, uh, you know, that that whole you know being five six, the low stocky, you know. Uh, low center of gravity kind of thing. He he is he is all of that uh, for yep. sure. So he's probably and the other thing is Howard's nursing a shoulder injury. He kept coming back and trying to play through it uh, yesterday. So I don't know how close to one hundred percent he'll be if he plays on Thursday. So you guys might have that going for you. Gotcha. Yeah, and and the more they use Cohen, I think the more it plays into the Packers. You know, you know, sticking with that nitro alignment and, and keeping Josh Jones in the box as a linebacker, um, he's probably the player who, um, from that position, best best matches up with Cohen from a speed standpoint. Um, and, and again, certainly he's got the the tackling ability and the size to to, to hold up inside um, on you know get, to get down in the trenches and shed blockers a little bit as well. So to transition into one of the lighter side of things, and it's only the lighter side because it ended up working out for us, but. Did you happen to see what Marcus Cooper did yesterday? <laughs> you know, I, I've I've heard it. I haven't actually seen the Good replay yet. Of God. It. <laughs> I mean, here we Sounded are, man. Bad. It. I mean, here we are. I mean, and the funny thing was, I made the joke just before it actually happened, because of course the networks love to jinx kickers or anybody that's got any kind of streak going on because of right before they snap the ball they show a a graphic that says this guy's made 25 kicks in a row including the postseason it's like Mm -hmm. okay well usually when you see something like that something happens adversely he's going to doink it off the the upright or something like that and sure enough sherry mcmanus blocks the kick it bounces perfectly into the hands of marcus cooper who is off to the races i mean he is gone he is 10 yards in front of anybody who's chasing him and then for whatever reason about the 15 yard line he starts to slow down and then comes to a stop at the literally a stop at the one yard line where vance mcdonald who never stopped running crashes into him and knocks the ball loose out of his hands and oh my gosh. you know so it I, went I've, it went I found, from... I found it i found it and i'm watching it right now you <laughs> gotta be kidding me nope that happened it (laughs) happened i saw it happen live evan it was happening before my eyes my buddy and i sitting on my couch screaming at the top of our lungs we're celebrating we're gonna go up 21 to 7 on the steelers and we get the ball back in the second half we got this game by the short and curlies man this is ours for sure and then it's like cooper what are you doing and then smash fumble bounces so perfectly into his hands too <laughs> like it, like he was, like they were magnetized to each other. You know, oh, it just came right sit- to him. I yeah. love how he's sitting in the end zone, is putting his and is putting, putting his, his arms hands up. If he scored, <laughs> oh man, unreal! That's, that's amazing. Unreal. 
So yeah, that that happened. Okay, and then the ensuing chaos was because the the punter slash holder when he was you know he was the the only other guy in in real pursuit of Cooper, but he's not going to catch him. You know, Mm -hmm. when the ball comes loose, he's the one that hits it out of bounds on purpose, which of course is against the rules. So. It, John Fox was calling for a safety, but they never had possession, so it's not going to be a safety. Instead, it's the illegal touching or whatever, and the Bears got the ball back at the one-yard line and then half the distance to the goal, so they got it at the half-yard line for an untimed down because the half can't end on a defensive penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, And so they line it up from the half-yard line. We're thinking, that, okay, then Howard's just going to plow it forward or, or Glennon's going to use his freakishly long arms to just dip it over the top, right? And there's the... F- False then there's start. Leno oh, with the man. false start, man. It's like, somebody <laughs> find me a gun, okay? I'm just going to put an end to this right now. Oh, I was like, geez. I cannot believe this. And then we settled for the field goal. And it was those four points that we didn't get in that situation. That's why we yeah. went to overtime yesterday. That is unreal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's my team, Evan. Those are my Ooh. guys that did Boy. that. So. Well, I hope you liked my reaction in real time watching that highlight, yes, too. It was oh. gen- well, that's what it was like for me watching it as it actually happened only there were a lot more f-bombs and and breaking of furniture after he got assaulted at the one yard line so yeah but it worked out thank god you know that's why i say the bears survived their own mistakes rather than they beat the steelers yesterday because it never should have gotten to overtime it should have been a 21 to 17 victory at the very least yesterday so wow (sighs) anyway (laughs) so you know, I mean, that's that's what happened yesterday, Jeez. and that, that made national news. And I was telling my listeners last night that, um, you know, you guys should definitely tune into Sports Center on Friday when they do the not-so-top-10 <laughs> list because that's definitely going to make the cut, I guarantee it. If it's not number one, it'll be way up there, I'm sure. For sure. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we, the Packers didn't have anything quite that bad, but – we did have to overcome uh, Aaron Rodgers' second pick six of his career. Yeah, I saw um, that. That was in that crazy. first half. That was that that play was was mind boggling because you know R- Rodgers just just completes about a fifty yard gain um, to Devontae Adams down you know down well into Cincinnati territory, and then he drops back. He's got Geronimo Allison wide open over the middle. He never looks at him. He stares down Jordy Nelson on just a a lazy little out route to the left sideline. Um, throws off his back foot, and and William Jackson just jumps the route perfectly yeah. and takes it seventy five yards. It it was the the kind of thing that it, it that was the kind of a play or a throw that you expect from from a rookie quarterback or somebody with you know with very little experience. You don't see that out of Aaron Rodgers, and so that was a uh, that a head scratcher to say the least, and and a, a frustrating moment. But um, uh. yeah, to 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 see him, you know, come back in the second half the way he did, and and some of the throws that he made those last couple drives, uh, especially that that final drive to to tie up the game. A couple of great tightrope catches by Nelson and, and Allison along the sideline, getting their feet down, um, and then the the presence of mind to get the get the Bengals offside, and then get that bomb to Allison in, in overtime. Um, that was that was great, and it was it was nice to see finally see a, an Aaron Rodgers led Packers team win a game in overtime. Hmm. Because my God, oh and um, seven, I did not oh, know that. And he had thrown a collective six passes in those seven games in overtime. Wow! Um, I think either three or four of those games, he never even got a chance to touch the ball. So it it, it 
that's a that's another example of of Packers defenses um, really kind of screwing over Aaron Rodgers' chance to uh, chances to win some of those games, um, and particularly, I mean, the the two overtime games in in the Arizona, playoffs against yeah. Seattle and Arizona. Um, you know, those two, he never touched the football after after regulation ended. Right. So it's it's nice to it was great to see the defense get that huge three and out you know right right away to start overtime um, some some big plays on the running game and then yeah to to see Rodgers pay it off with that that big big bomb to Allison and then and then just you know kick a nice easy field goal for a uh, a nice comeback win it was it, it was ugly at halftime huh? I'll tell you what the uh, you know, <laughs> the the sentiments of Packers fans when things do not go well are. Um, are, are something to something to see, but um, yeah, that's that's one of those you, you never count Aaron Rodgers out when you know when he's within you know two or three touchdowns uh, at halftime. Right. I mean, it was. Um, I mean, I, the sentiment was similar for us at halftime. Believe it or not, even though we had a ten point lead over the Steelers, it's like you know what has been obvious about the Bears, and this is what they're going to have to do in order to succeed on Thursday is they're not going to be able to beat themselves, mm-hmm. okay? They made one mistake against Atlanta, that Austin Hooper play, and that's what ended up being the difference in the game. That touchdown was the difference in the game. Then they did nothing but make mistakes and got trucked in Tampa Bay, okay? They played relatively a flawless first half against the Steelers until Marcus Cooper pulled that mess at the end of the half, and then it's just you just had this feeling. And I don't know if it's, you know, the years of watching them let us down or whatever it was. You just had this feeling that that mistake was going to come back to haunt us. And it did. We had to go to yep. overtime to correct that mistake uh, yesterday. So, I mean, when the team that you're standing across from is better on paper, the Bears are going to have to be perfect. And they're going to be standing across from a lot of teams that on paper are better than them because we're still rebuilding our roster, not to mention we've got a Swiss cheese of a roster with, with the injuries and everything that keep happening to this team. Yeah. So being perfect or being close to it is what's essential more than anything, because it just seems like if they can avoid beating themselves, they can go straight up with anyone. Yeah. And, and the, it, it'll just be very, very interesting to see how this, this game plays out because the Packers have made some, some glaring mistakes so far. And so, um, yeah, on paper you look at it and think that um, you know a, a, a Packers team that you know that has the talent that they have um, you know should have a significant advantage. But you know the Rodgers pick six, he threw you know he threw the one against Seattle that got called back on, on a couple of lucky penalties. There have been uncharacteristic mistakes from uh, a couple of different sources uh, in these first three games. So to, to some extent, I think the Packers have to uh, feel this feel the same way that if they don't beat themselves, they, they probably will feel comfortable that, that they have a, a real good opportunity to win this game. Sure, sure. Um, but, but that's, that's been easier said than done these first couple games. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, with, with the injuries, I, I, I hate to use it as an excuse. Um, but at least it, it's at least an explanation for some of the struggles that they've had right so far this year. That's, that's, that, that's the way I try to, to phrase it is is you, you never want to blame everything on the injuries, but but they contribute. They're they're a major contributing factor. And when you've got, you know, last week every one of the seven guys on our inactive list was a key player, and six of them were, were starters. So that that's 
that's going to hurt your depth no matter what, and um, and that's going to you know have a ripple effect all the way down the roster. Well, speaking from experience, the last few years where the Bears have had more players on IR than they have on an yep. active roster. Um, <laughs> at the very least, at the very least, when the injuries pile up, it makes you wonder: What if? Yep. If we'd have had a healthy roster, what kind of record would John Fox have have after the first two years? Like we'll never know because we're constantly you know, sending guys, uh, you know, to injured reserve or, you know, this guy's missing eight weeks or Pernell McPhee missed the first six games last year being on the pup list from the start of start of the season. Kevin White, three years in, we still have no idea what we have in this kid. We have no idea. He's played a grand total of four and a half games in three seasons thus far. I mean, granted, he's probably on his way out if we bring him back next year. But, you know, like the question still hasn't been answered. He hasn't been on the field long enough to find out what it. What do we have in Kevin White? Is he the speedster that he was at West Virginia, or is he going to be a possession guy? Can he even catch the ball? We have no idea, you know. And at that, at the yeah. very least, that is what injuries will do for you. Like, what would the game have looked like yesterday if Bakhtiari and Bulaga were healthy? Would they yep. have been able to hold off those defensive ends and keep Aaron Rodgers clean, you know, and 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 what have you? You know, those are the kinds of questions you ask yourself. When you have, when you're missing significant people for a significant portion of time, yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, and, and the, the the defense, especially for for the Bears last year, I I, I think there's we, we did a, a little bit of a breakdown. One of our writers at APC, um, you know, goes through each of the NFC North teams before the year and kind of looks at the stats and breaks some things down. And he looked at the Bears as a as a as a dark horse candidate to to actually improve significantly this year, if nothing else, just because they shouldn't, in theory, uh, have as, <laughs> as as poor of luck on the injury front on defense as they did last year. There's a lot think. of talent on their defense. It is. There really yeah. is. And that front seven, uh, when it's intact, um, it, it's it's sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's just, again, it's a matter of keeping that intact. Um, and, and that group, I think, is 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 going to keep the Bears in, in a lot of games if, if, for the most part, they can stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did yesterday. Um, yep. when, when the offense started to falter in the second half, and that's what they did. Um, you know, I mean, Freeman and Coleman for the, uh, for the Falcons, 67 yards rushing combined in that first game. You know, the run defense was unbelievable. And if it won for one play to Austin Hooper, we kept Matt Ryan in check for the, for the afternoon as well. So, I mean, it, the defense can definitely get it done. And yesterday, Antonio Brown had 10 catches for 110 yards and nobody noticed. You know, I mean, it was it was a very quiet, you know, double digit catch with a three digit, you know, output yesterday. He had 10 catches, 110 yards and a touchdown. And it basically had no bearing on the game because regardless of his blunder yesterday, Cooper was very good in coverage. Amukamura was playing well. Kyle Fuller remembered that he was a first round pick and has been playing like it so far. <laughs> you know, our secondary is improved, but we lost Quentin Demps yesterday. He broke his arm. So, yep. you know. We'll see what uh, you know. Who is uh, if Adrian Amos can step in for him uh, going forward? But there's another what if you know if if we get if we get eaten up by Rodgers in the secondary. What if we had Demps out there? Would he have been able to make a, make a difference? Right. You know that kind of thing. So it's always that fun game that we Bear fans have had to play for the last <laughs> few years with with all the injuries that we've had to deal with. So yep. that uh, you know if you need a shoulder to cry on about that, I, I know all about it. I I'd be very understanding, Evan. So you just come my <laughs> way. All right. Sounds good. Well, I think that will uh, we'll close the book on it uh, then. I am very, very much looking forward 
uh, to this game because um, if nothing else, I think it's it'll be fun. You know, which uh, aside from the last week's game between uh, San Francisco and I wanted to say St. Louis, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, Thursday night games are pretty much a snooze fest. So hopefully the the Bears and the uh, Packers can continue the the trend laid out by the 49ers and the Rams, and instead of like the Packers and Chargers and uh, whoever the oh that great game between the Bengals and the Texans. Yeah, that was a uh, that was that was really exciting football oh, there. Good God, Yikes. that was horrible! Wow, Oof. but uh, yeah. So hopefully we can have much more of exciting. Uh, I don't know about shootout because the Bears will be able to handle a shootout, but uh, <laughs> you know, a much more exciting game like the one last week as opposed to the ones that came before it. So, uh, looking forward to it and looking forward to having you back week ten when we uh, when we reunite and. Um, I was predicting beginning at the beginning of the season that you and I would be having a discussion about possibly a brand new head coach and uh, maybe <laughs> and something that's still a possibility in my opinion the debut of Mitchell Trubisky because the our game against you guys in Soldier Field Week Ten comes off a bye. That's true. There you go. So maybe we'll have that fun to uh, talk about when <laughs> we uh, when we hook up again. Sounds good. All right, Evan Western, Acme cool. Pack. You guys got a podcast yet? We do. Oh All yeah, right. we've got uh, it's 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 the APC podcast. You can find them on Twitter at the APC Pod. Okay. Um, we get all the the episodes usually drop uh, late Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. So I uh, got a I got a real good group of guys that are that are doing a great job over there. So uh, please do check them out. They'll have some good stuff this week. Um, obviously with the with a big rivalry game, they'll they'll be pretty amped up. Right. I'm sure they they are big bear haters over there. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you've got you've got uh, a couple who are you know good old Milwaukee guys who, okay. who love that uh, that border rivalry. So nice, um, nice. It's okay. it's a good time. All right, sounds good. So be sure cool. to check that out. Follow Evan on uh, on Twitter and uh, Evan. Until then, man, we'll uh, we'll we'll see you. Sounds good, man. Good luck this week. Stay healthy. Go pack. Go. As always, I want to thank our good friend Evan Weston from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company for coming on the show once again. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's nice to to have a cordial relationship with a with a rival and uh, looking forward to talking to him after our bye week. Um, you know, like I mentioned to him, uh, we might be talking about the, the debut of Mitchell Trubisky or uh, new head coach or. God only knows what we're going to be talking about six weeks from now when the Bears and the Packers get ready to do battle after the bye in Chicago at Soldier Field. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, um, you know, just real quick before I let you guys go, um, as you heard me say to to Evan, um, if the Bears – I mean, that's basically the key to it all. I mean, we, we saw um, what happens when, when the Bears make mistakes, they uh, – you know, they look like a three and 13 team, you know, when they stumble and bumble all over themselves. I mean, we, we pretty much played a perfect half in the first half. We came away with a 17 to seven lead, which should have been at least, you know, 21 or 24 uh, to seven. However, um, you know, but in the second half, 
we evened up the turnover battle. And we, instead of taking two away from, from the Steelers in the first half, we gave two away in the second half. The Jordan Howard fumble, which if we had a better angle on it, probably would have been able to keep that turnover. But uh, And then the Glenn interception, which set up the, uh, the game-time field goal. So, I mean, it's just... Uh, you know, those those were the mistakes, and that's why I say the Bears survived as opposed to the Bears beat the Steelers. We survived because it should have never gotten that far. You know, we should have had 21 points at halftime, and that would have been more than enough for us to win the game with the way the defense was playing. So, But we can't count on that to happen every single week, um, you know, but we have to be able to, um, you know, when there's a deficit on, on the talent side, um, which, you know, while the Bears are still in this rebuilding mode, we're going to run into that more times than we're not. And um, the important thing is to, you know, when, when, you're, when you're short on talent or shorter on talent than your opponent is, um, you can't make mistakes. You, you can't, uh, you know, you can't make any mistakes. Um, and like I said, it, not so much to be perfect or anything like that, but you have to at least win the turnover battle or, you know, or there not be a turnover battle, kind of like the, with the Atlanta game. You know, no turnovers in that game, and we almost won that game straight up. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We need to be on that plane because we seem to just, uh, at times, when it goes bad against Green Bay, it goes all the way bad. We, like, come apart at the seams bad against Green Bay. I don't know what it is about playing the Packers that makes those things happen, but they do. So um, that's what we're going to want to avoid more than anything because I think the defense can handle what Green Bay is doing, you know, uh, especially if they continue to struggle with the running game uh, on Thursday. And, um, you know, the Bears don't have to, you know, put all their resources into stopping a running game that's not working in the first place. Then, you know, if those tackles still aren't healthy and we're still going up against the, the fourth, fifth and sixth offensive tackle for the Packers, then maybe Leonard Floyd can get something going. Uh, Pernell McPhee, Willie Young, you know, start piling on the sacks. Maybe Akeem Hicks can take advantage, uh, you know, and, and get in there and, uh, you know, ruffle the feathers, you know, make some things happen. Um, you know, I really do think that this is a, a strong possibility we can win this game on Thursday. You know, I really like our chances. I really do. You know, like I said, it's just a feeling I'm getting and I'm hoping that I'm not coming down with something because the weather's been kinky here in the Midwest. It was 90 degrees 48 hours ago. Today, the high was 75. So, you know, it's no wonder that everybody's getting sick. Mother Nature can't make up her mind about what season it actually is right now. So uh, I think we're done with all the high temperatures, though. So that's nice because I'm a big guy and I hate heat and humidity. I just can't stand it. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it, uh, hopefully the Bears can, uh, t- can, can basically just have a carbon copy of the first half against the Steelers where we, uh, you know, we control the game. We're, we're, we're dictating terms to the Steelers. We're forcing mistakes on them and make, taking advantage of them. You know, we should have had 10 points on, turno- on turnovers uh, with, the, with the missed field goal. You know, we should have had 10 points, but instead, we, you know, we were in field goal range at least. But, uh, you know, those are the things that we're going to want to do. If we manage to make a mistake or force a mistake against the Packers, make them pay for it you know, make them pay for it. And then, like I was talking about before, like I have been talking about the last two weeks, we got to figure out something in the passing game because don't think that Dom Capers isn't trying to cook up something uh, kooky with with run blitzes or, you know, whatever the the case may be in uh, trying to get uh, an advantage in stopping our running game and, um, you know, try to test the test the might of that shoulder 
of Jordan Howard, which, as we talked about before, is not on the injury list. So we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what more comes of that on Thursday. Now, as far as what comes after, you know, I guess depending on how things go, <laughs> maybe we'll be back Friday, maybe Saturday, definitely no later than Sunday. You know, maybe we'll I'll give myself a little miniature by myself and, and uh, you know, maybe stick to the regular schedule and do it Sunday or Monday and then come back on, uh, you know, on Thursday with the with the preview for week five and on Monday night. But, you know, just uh, stick to the Twitter at Shy Bears Review or, or stay close to the uh, the Facebook page. Um, just search Chicago Bears Review on Facebook. It'll come right up for you. And uh, I usually update, keep you guys updated on when the show is coming out and so on and so forth. So just keep your eyes paled uh, for that. Uh, enjoy the game on Thursday. And like Evan said, let's stay healthy and get through this one because we got two banged up teams that are playing on short weeks and this is the kind of stuff that you hate so hopefully it'll be a fun game to watch like uh i want to say st louis la and and the 49ers were last thursday instead of the snooze fest that we got from the texans and the Bengals. so uh you know here's to uh here's to another victory and we'll have a victory saturday or something like that hopefully knock on wood and uh, the bears will go even it up two and two and something we forgot to mention when we talked to evan the series is all tied up, like 94-94 and 6 or something like that. So whoever wins on Thursday takes over the all-time, uh, or re- in the Bears' case, retakes the lead in the all-time series. So uh, that's uh, this is big. You know That'll probably be mentioned a few times during the game on Thursday, something that I can't believe I forgot to mention to Evan when we were talking, is that the, the series uh, swings on Thursday. Whoever wins is in control of the series once again. So... We will uh, we'll see how that all goes down. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.